biggest communication problem is we do not listen to understand, we listen to reply. We're waiting so that we can say, oh no, that was, you was wrong there. Uh-uh, that didn't go down like that. You know, we're waiting to reply rather than trying to understand. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us as we continue to look at Ephesians 4 and our message all about communication, how it's the key to any and every relationship. And Pastor, you, you point out what I think is a very common problem for many, many people. We listen to reply, not to understand. What's the big difference there? Uh, well, when I'm trying to understand, I'm going to do uh, what some call reflective listening. As you're communicating with me, I'm going to regurgitate what I'm hearing so that you will know that I really am trying to understand. And so do I hear you saying this? Hmm. Well, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not saying that. Well, that's what your word said. So explain to me uh, a little better what you want me to understand. And uh, most of the time we do, I, I don't remember where I heard it, but it was a popular um, counselor mm-hmm. uh, who said it. He called it, uh, what we do is we're reloading our guns. Sure. We shot all our bullets. <laughs> now, while you're talking, we're reloading our guns, putting some more ammunition so that we can fire. Yeah. Because the idea is not to understand in a lot of relationships when it comes to communication. The idea is I need to feel like I want to win. Yeah. Yeah. And so, obviously, if that is the idea, if that's what you're going for is the win, you're not going to be solving a lot of these problems. The tension is going to remain, and, and somebody has to lose. Well, no. It's a win-win. See, because when I understand you, even if I don't agree with you, I begin to understand some things about you Sure. that armed with that greater knowledge I can avoid some things like, like, you know, like I said, being married to my wife, you only got to know two things. Here they are. What makes her tick? What ticks her off? Okay. That's it. And so I know what makes her tick and I definitely know what ticks her off. And and so, you know, I I look at situations, I avoid a whole lot of uh, unnecessary communication because I know if you do that, she is going to have a fit. We call it, quote unquote, a hissy fit. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, it, and uh, it goes back to the point of becoming a student of your wife, student of your spouse. That's right. Uh, and just understanding where they're coming from. Doesn't the Bible say that? Yeah. First Peter 3, 7, husband dwell with your wives according to knowledge. The Greek word is gnosis, intimacy acquired by experience. The same word that's used for us knowing him. Philippians 3.10, Paul said, I may gnosis him, that I may know him. Wait a minute, Paul been saved 27 years. What are you talking about? Don't you know him? No, I want to know him better. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've got a song uh, in the African-American tradition uh, by Mary Mary. It's entitled, I Need Just a Little More Jesus huh. to Help Me Along. Somebody said, quit singing and start preaching. preaching. All right. Well, let's do that then. We're in uh, Ephesians 4 as uh, Pastor Ford gets preaching here. Communication, the key to any and every relationship. There was a uh, judge who had divorce proceedings 
it went something like this. He's interviewing a lady about her impending divorce. He says to her, what are the grounds for your divorce? Her reply, about four acres and a nice little home in the middle of a, a, of a property with a running stream. No, 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 he said. I mean, what is the foundation of this case? Well, it's made of brick and mortar, she responded. No, no, judge said. I mean, uh, what are your relations like? Well, my aunt's kind of mean, and my uncle's real cheap, uh, but they're my only relatives that live in town. No, no. Do you have a real grudge? No, we have a two-car carport, so we've never really needed a garage. Listen, please, is there any infidelity in your marriage? Yes, both my son and daughter have stereo sets. <laughs> Ma'am, does your husband ever beat you up? Oh, yeah, about two times a week. He gets up earlier than I do, about twice a week. <laughs> Ma'am, why do you want a divorce? Well, we don't communicate well. And communication is a problem. It's like the man who went to this seminar and uh, he said, well, you got to get to know your boo, your spouse. So you, you ought to know, like, for example, uh, men, what's her favorite flower? And uh, Bob folded his arms and confidently looked over to his wife and said, it's Pillsbury, ain't it, baby? <laughs> uh, but we all need to learn how to communicate. That's what we've been talking about. We can't be like Bubba. He decided he was going to go to uh, uh, summer break down in Florida uh, to get him uh, one of them college gals. And so he saw a couple of them that he liked. He, went, he said, uh, where are you gals from? They said, Yale. He said, where are you gals from? <laughs> uh, thank you. Well, clearly, uh, communication is key to any relationship. Uh, here's what Peter Shepherd said. Communication is the solution for all problems. Therefore, communication is the foundation for personal and relational development. Let me say that again. Communication is the solution for all problems. Therefore, communication is the foundation for personal and relational development. And so we were talking about, in just a quick review, we've been talking about some principles from the Bible that we can utilize to become more effective as communicators, not just in our marriages and not just in uh, our engagements, in our going together, children, parents, etc., etc., etc. And so we talked about the definition of communication, and we looked at the demonstration of communication, and then we began to talk about the details, the principles that govern good communication. The first thing we did uh, was I threw you a curve uh, because I didn't start where most people normally start. I started with the fact that men and women are different in their communication styles, and we need to learn how we communicate, by and large, generally. There is a difference between men and women. Okay, let, let's do something. Let's have a little fun. Can we have a little fun? Yeah. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call out the name of something, and you tell me whether it's male or female, whether it represents a male 
or female. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? You ready? Ziploc bags. Female, male. Because they hold everything in, but you can see right through them. All right. How about this one? Copier. Female, that's right, because once they're turned on, it takes a little while for them to warm up. It's an effective reproductive device if the right buttons are pushed, but can wreck, <laughs> but can wreck havoc if the wrong buttons are pushed. All right, how about a tire? Male, that's right, because over time it goes bald and is often overinflated. How about a hot air balloon? Hot air balloon. Ah, male, because to get it to go anywhere, you have to put a fire under it. And of course, there's the hot air part. How about sponges? Female, because they're soft and squeezable and they retain water. What about a web page? Female, because they're always getting hit on. <laughs> How about Subway? Male, because it uses the same old line to pick people up. How about an hourglass? Female, because over time, the weight shifts to the bottom. And how about remote control? No, female. Uh-huh, got you. Why, why? Because it gives a man pleasure. He'd be lost without it. And when he doesn't always know the right button to push, he just keep on trying. So learn the difference between male and female communication. Then secondly, we said, make it safe to communicate. Make it safe to communicate. That was so very important. I didn't cover everything in there. Uh, but listen, here's what happens. If you don't make it safe to communicate, here's what happens. You shut down various areas of your ability to communicate. If you don't resolve it, by creating an atmosphere where you're not attacking each other, but you're attacking the problem. Have you ever heard married couples, uh, you say, hey, why don't you talk about it? We can't talk about that. No, every time we talk about that, we get into arguments. So we don't even talk about that. Well, you can't resolve anything that you can't talk about. And so what happens? Here's what happens in a lot of marriages. So they can't talk about something because they're always arguing. And so it shuts down. So now that's one area they're not talking about. But there's another area where they're attacking each other and not creating an environment where that's conducive to resolving issues. Now they got two things they're not talking about. And it goes on and on and on until finally after 20 years of marriage, they don't talk about anything. They just sit together and watch TV. Can't talk about that. Can't talk about that. Can't talk about that. So you can't resolve anything because you can't talk about it. I like this quote. Pride is concerned with who is right. Humility is concerned with what is right. So are you trying to figure out who is right or are you trying to figure out what is right? Uh, then we said, number three, or C, learn how to listen effectively. Uh, I, I looked it up, and they said it's improbable quote, but uh, everybody uses it. It's supposed to be purported that uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt got tired of people not listening. And uh, so at a big ball, as, as diplomats and people were coming in, uh, and they said, hey, Mr. President, he said, I killed my grandmother this morning. 
And it, that's good. That's nice. That's really nice. And then finally, one foreign diplomat was supposed to have said, when he said, I killed my grandmother this morning, he said, I'm sure, Mr. President, she deserved it. Uh, but I don't want to mess you up. Do it sometime. I do it all the time. Uh, I just see if people are really listening. Hey, how you doing today? Terrible. Oh, that's good. Try it. Try it. Say something out of the normal that you're not used to saying, and I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, the person is going to say, that's fine, because they're not really listening. So then, the biggest communication problem is we do not listen to understand, we listen to reply. Let me say that again. The biggest problem is we do not listen to understand, we listen to reply. So many of us are just uh, what uh, Gary Chapman calls reloading our guns. We're waiting so that we can say, oh no, that was, you was wrong there. Uh-uh, that didn't go down like that. You know, we're waiting to reply rather than trying to understand. I like David Augsburger's quote, an open ear is the only believable sign of an open heart. Let me say it again, that's good. An open ear is the only believable sign of an open heart. That is good. Makes me want to write that down too. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called Communication, the key to any and every relationship. And we're going to get back to this message in just one moment. By the way, if you're looking for some relationship help and tips as it relates to your marriage, you can always come to our website, treasuretruthradio.org. Click on the link that says Books by Pastor Ford. He's written a number of books about this issue. Again, it's treasuretruthradio.org. Let's get back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. See, a good listener is popular everywhere, but after a while, he knows something too. Here he is. Let's finish it now. Let's finish it. You see where we are? We, we are on seek to understand, not to be understood. Those of you who have blanks, let me fill those in for you. Let me fill those in. Seek to understand, not to be understood. Number one, don't jump to conclusions. We already saw the passage that says uh, a person is a fool who answers a matter before they hear the whole thing. And if you're jumping to conclusions, you are then making some uh, assumptions. Number two, don't assume you know, ask. Don't assume you know, ask. Number three, don't quarrel or nag. I'm going to come back to that. Don't quarrel or nag. And number four, don't use silence to the other person. Don't use silence as a weapon to the other person. Now, I, I want to show you something. I did this on Facebook. I want to show you uh, what I mean by when I say seek to understand, not to be understood. Here's what I put on, here's what I put on Facebook. A man will change for the right woman. If he hasn't changed, you're not the woman. So then I got a response. I got a response from a sister named Beverly. Listen to what she says. Wow. As much as I love listening to you, Pastor Ford, and you have surely blessed me with your message, and she gives the radio station, is this the message for women to hear? I was always taught, first of all, that no one can change another human being. Yes, we can influence another to some degree, but if our hearts and minds are open to hear truth and recognize the right behavior from good role models, 
And I know you have so much more knowledge about Scripture than I do. However, I've read the Scripture, and I don't see the interpretation as you stated here. Sisters, sometimes it has nothing to do with you at all. The man is foul, period, and would be the same in any and every relationship. My behavior is my responsibility only. It is not dependent upon another. Come on, Pastor Ford. I expected more than that from you. So now, 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 what, what am I talking about? Getting into a conversation, and this is, a, of course, written, but that's okay. You know, Facebook, everybody makes mistakes on that. They read between the lines when there ain't no lines there, all kind of stuff. But anyway, and so you know my first reaction, right? Because I gave them, I always give a scripture everything I say. I gave Song of Solomon chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. And another sister said, wrong interpretation of scripture. Here's what I wrote. I wrote back, I said, read Genesis 29. Because you want somebody who will do anything to make you their everything. If a man wants you, he will make changes, go out of his way, make adjustments, concessions, etc. to demonstrate his desire to make you his. Boaz saw Ruth and was attracted to her, wooed her, won her, wed her, just like Jacob, just like Solomon won the Shunammite. Yes, only God can change character, but we control our own actions. And believe me, generally, if a man wants you, he will do what's necessary to win you. Interest often leads to investment. That's why I quoted uh, Solomon in the passage that I did. She said, he brought me to his banqueting table. His banner over me is love. That's a powerful statement that demonstrates the length Solomon went to show the Shunammite she was more important to him than his other 700 wives and 300 concubines. He did some things for her that he did not do for anyone else. A banqueting house was reserved for only the most important people. She's a peasant farmer. A banner was a flag that demonstrated who you were under, like the American flag. It meant protection, provision, and a host of other things. Solomon is declaring his allegiance and telling her everything she needs, he intends to supply, and everything she needs him to be for her, he intends to be. Jacob did the same thing uh, for Rachel, Genesis 29, and so did Boaz, Ruth chapter 2. They were interested enough to begin making investments, changes, to openly show they were willing to give anything to make that woman their everything. The statement in the post does not and was not intended to attribute blame or fault to any woman, only to say, if he's not willing to make changes for you, move on. He is not interested in you, no matter what he says. God bless you, Maranatha. That's what I sent. Now, let me give you her response. I'm going somewhere with it. I'm not just reading it so I can put you on my Facebook page. Here's what she said. Thanks for elaborating and giving me more insight on the scriptures. I now have a better understanding of what you were saying. Pray for me too. Now, not many pastors would be so humbling when someone is questioning them. I love learning, and more importantly, I love the Lord. So thank you for clarifying and giving me something where I can grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then I wrote back, you did the right thing. You are an Acts 17, 11 person, and I personally wish there were more Christians like you. I also thought maybe I did not write it well enough, 
And as I meditated on it, I think it would have been better said this way. A man will change for the woman he wants. If he hasn't changed, he doesn't want you. That statement better reflects my intention. As my assistant pastor says, got to be more careful and make absolutely sure I'm conveying what I'm thinking. God bless you, Maranatha. Now, why did I read all that? Because my first response was not to try to understand. My first response was defend myself. Are you going to tell me the wrong? You don't know what you're talking about. Wrong interpretation of the scripture. I mean, I go to great lengths to make sure I'm rightly dividing the word of truth. How dare, let me show her something. Then her response caused me to begin to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me look at my statement again. Why did she think what she thought? Did I have anything to do with conveying it in any way? Yes. I said, if it's the right woman. I know what I meant. She didn't. And she thought that I was saying that the woman needs to be right. When all I was saying is, if you're the right woman, or if you're the woman for him, he will change. And God don't have to do it. Amen. Any brothers know what I'm talking about? Amen. Because I've been doing it for 45 years. You know, so don't tell me. So what, what you want to do then is you want to make sure that you are trying to understand what a person is trying to communicate to you so that you don't have those. I, I like this quote, wise men speak because they have something to say, fools because they have to say something. <laughs> I like that quote too. We're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, and uh, I love the wisdom that he's unpacking for us from Ephesians chapter 4. Our message is called Communication, the Key to Any and Every Relationship. It was interesting. I was having a conversation recently with a listener who was talking about the fact that, to some, what Pastor Ford is talking about is confusing, and people do struggle to understand any and everything that he is talking about, because the gospel is offensive to some. Yet, that is what we're privileged to be able to proclaim here on Moody Radio and here at Treasure Truth. How we can know that our sins can be forgiven. How we can know that our life here and now can be transformed and how we can live for Christ. And then how we can know, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that we will be spending our eternity with Jesus. You know, as you've been listening to Pastor Ford's teaching, maybe when you started listening, it didn't all make sense to you. Maybe you were intrigued as he talked about the gospel and about Jesus, and you were wondering what that means for you. But you've come to the point where you're ready to begin that relationship with Jesus, to ask him to forgive your sins, to ask him to transform your life, and to ask him to receive you into his family. If that's where you're at, would you let us know that by coming to treasuredtruthradio.org, clicking on the contact link, and would you also call this toll-free number as someone who's there to talk with you, answer questions, and to pray with you, to introduce you to Jesus. That number is 1-888-NEED-HIM. That's 1-888-NEED-HIM. Well, thanks for listening today. I do hope you make it a point to tune in next time. Thanks also to our producer, Amy Rios. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. 
Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.